I was a Christian, but I was such a hypocrite. I was smoking marijuana, I was drinking, I was doing crazy things that I shouldn't be doing, and it was all so empty, I just couldn't do it anymore. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone, I felt lost, I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life, there was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. We're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about whether or not you can be a true Christian while partying and doing drugs. Surprisingly, many young and even older people claim to be Christians, yet their lives don't match that of their faith profession. It's more common than you think you know. It's estimated that 1.2 billion Christians are nominal, non-practicing Christians but they still identify as being one. In our last show, we had Rebecca Kalki share with us being raised in a Christian family, had good values, but then her parents got divorced when she was a teenager and that changed the trajectory of her life. She rebelled and sought for acceptance in other people, started partying, smoking marijuana. She told us of how she felt afterwards knowing that she was doing these things and claiming to be a Christian. It wasn't really a problem because she was just a nominal Christian. Today, she's gonna share with us what happened when she couldn't live that way anymore. Rebecca, welcome back to the show. Hi, it's so great to be here again. Rebecca, it's great having you with us because I think a lot of people can relate to this, even maybe some who are listening right now. And so thank you for being real and talking about your past. It's amazing because today you're like this on-fire evangelist sharing your faith everywhere. So it's a huge contrast and you're living a holy life. Mm -hmm. But let me ask you, what really drove you to all of this, do you think? Kind of like getting this reputation of being the bad girl rather than the good girl. Looking back at your past, maybe something to do with your father? Yeah. So I guess I was operating out of my hurt and I was looking for all these things like love and acceptance and all these things, which I wasn't finding anywhere else. So I would look to what was around me. Well, I understand your relationship with your father got to the point during the divorce that you guys didn't really talk much to each other for five years. Is that right? Yes, five years, yeah. So you felt like pretty deeply rejected by this. I mean, it was kind of a mutual rejection, but you felt pretty rejected by this. Is that right? Mm, definitely, definitely. So at this point, you're willing to do anything to get acceptance. How bad did it get to get this reputation of being a bad girl? So I really went off the rails, got into my worst rebellious stage. And in this stage, I was, you know, hosting illegal raves in the woods with oh friends. Gosh, no way. And you're a Christian, though. Like, people know you're a Christian at this time. Yeah. Well, not many did. But the ones that would push me to go too far, they would know because I'd say, oh, yeah, I can't go that far because I'm a Christian. Oh, wow. I can't quite cross the line. You know, that would make me a bad Christian. And they're like, come on, come on. Stop being so difficult, right? They're pushing you even more. Yeah, yeah. So what does this look like, illegal raves? What's going on at these raves here that are out in the forest? So, first of all, it was during lockdown, so it was totally not allowed and unwise. Mm. And it was with a bunch of strangers. And it was mainly to do drugs where we couldn't get caught. I see. So, you're helping to organize these things. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. And you're doing the drugs too. Some of them. <laughs> so, at this moment here, were you truly happy? Like, did people see you as this happy party girl? 
I put on a front that I was this very confident, you know, the it girl, you know, if you can imagine. But inside, I was very lost. I was very broken. Mm. I had no identity because I was constantly putting it in all these rubbish things. Really? Uh, but it was all fake. It was very fake. Mm. So in the inside, you were kind of down. Like, this almost sounds a little depressing, isn't it? Yeah, it was a very hard time. I was very sad. which is hopelessness, real hopelessness. Wow. Now, at the moment that this happened, I understand you had a realization who Jesus truly was. What happened? Yeah. So I had just broke up with a boyfriend and I had just quit a job and I was about to move to university in a completely different city. So I said to myself, Becky, I'm all I'm either gonna be all in or all out. Either I keep up this Christian facade or I drop it. So I either drop this Christian facade or I actually start taking it seriously. Mm. And that's when I cried out to God. And everything changed from that moment, really. What do you mean? So you didn't normally cry out to God before. This moment that you were driven down, where you were feeling bad enough, you're calling out to God. Tell me what happened step by step on that day. Well, I guess I was like, right, a new chapter of life. Because I had all these endings here and they just naturally came to an end. You know, the relationship, the job, the area I was living in. And I was like, right, I'm moving into a new chapter of my life. I have a decision to make now. Whether I take this Christian identity into this new life and actually start taking it seriously, or do I just drop it all and go even more into the clubbing and the partying and the drinking and the smoking and and this scene? Do I go to university and... You know, become the party girl, right? Yes. Who am I? Am I going to be the Christian girl or the party girl? Because I need to be all in for one of those. I can't be, you know, both. I can't be both. Yeah. So, but when you called out to God, did you think He would answer? I was very, very keen. So I did think he would answer me. And actually, I remember praying. I never prayed, really. Mm-hmm. But I prayed, God, if you're truly God and you made me, then surely you can change my desires to make me want to read the Bible because that was something that I knew that I had to read because I thought I have to get to know this God who I don't know. Mm-hmm. Surely I find out who he is by reading his word. I thought, you know what, in the same way that I go on a date with someone, why do I go on a date to get to know them? What do I do on a date? I talk to them. I listen to what they have to say. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, surely it's the same with the Bible. And then I prayed and prayed and prayed, and my prayer was answered. And I started getting obsessed with the Bible. So you go from partying where people would not ever think you're actually going to read the Bible. And now you're reading the Bible. And I must say, you're truly accepting Jesus at this time of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Did you still party or how did that work? That's the funny thing. I did carry on for a long time, but it was all I knew. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was wrong because I just didn't know God. But the more I read, the more I got to know him and the more he convicted me. So he started prodding me saying, right, Becky, that needs to stop. That's not going to help our relationship, Becky. Do you know what I mean? Wow. So I very gradually started realizing, you know, I don't want to do these things anymore. Mm. And it wasn't even like I need to stop, but the desire for partying and all these things. It was just going away. I just lost my desire Hmm. of worldly things. So reading the Bible and knowing Jesus actually changed your desires. Yes. So where did your desires change to then at that point? I mean, like, what about the marijuana use? Did you still have a craving to go back to that? Absolutely not. Actually, you know what? Maybe at first a little bit. Mm -hmm. But again, the more I would read, the more I'd be like, I don't even want that anymore. And I'd find so much pleasure in just reading the Bible, which... A few months ago, I'd be like, never in a million years when I want to sit at home and read a book rather than go out and party. Right. So did you find more pleasure in that? Like, honestly, you can actually tell us the difference of, you know, both of them. Which one was more fulfilling? 
100% reading my Bible. It wasn't only, you know, pleasurable to do at the time, it's just to read. But actually, I would see the change in my attitude and how I'd see things and how I would treat people and how I'd act. And I found that actually something crazy, something wonderful was happening inside of me as God started to sift away all that worldly hurt and badness that I had let in over those years. So you got healed from, you know, the situation with your father then? A hundred percent, yeah. Wow. And my relationship with my dad was completely restored. We now see each other. We love to hang out. We stay in contact monthly and we have a wonderful relationship with each other. So do you need that approval? I mean, I know, actually, I can answer that question because I know about you. Now you're like this Holy Spirit, fire-breathing evangelist who you even go on streets and start preaching Jesus. People look at you, don't approve of you, and you're doing just fine with that? Yeah, that is the thing. You know, I'm a completely different person. The cogs in my brain, they don't even turn the same way. Yet, I don't seek my approval in mankind, in people, in my parents even, in anyone other than God. And I know that He loves me. I know that He has a plan for my life, and I know that He loves other people. Mm. So that's one of the reasons that I like to preach on the streets, is actually to care far more about the people. Mm. Now that's why I do it. Because God has given me his heart. Oh, that's awesome, Rebecca. Thanks again so much for being on our show and sharing the reality of the emptiness of not truly knowing Jesus. I really appreciate you, Rebecca. And we're praying for you as a young evangelist. Thanks again so much for being on our show. Thank you. Thank you. It's not over yet. Let's talk more about how you can have this type of experience right after this short break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, This is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? Something really stood out to me. That on the outside, when Rebecca was partying and all this stuff, being this happy girl at the party, deep down, she was super empty. Nothing fulfilled her. But then you're hearing from her that something like reading the Bible and knowing Jesus for real felt fulfilling. So maybe you're wondering, how can something that sounds so boring as sitting and reading an ancient book be fulfilling? Well, let me show you. When it comes to life, we all are trying to seek things to fulfill us. Maybe food, entertainment, whatever it is, right? But if you look deep down inside, you're never really filled. And why is that? Well, because we were created as spiritual creatures designed for something spiritual in our lives. And if you fill the tank with the wrong fuel, you're going to get the wrong result. Rebecca started filling something correct into her life, like ancient scriptures, and she found life and happiness. 
It's written in John chapter 4, 31 through 34. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat, which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Look closely here. Jesus is showing us something very spiritually deep here. His disciples were telling him to get filled with the bread of this earth. But he was saying that his fulfillment was to do his heavenly father's will. This is what sustained him. This is what filled him. And Jesus is showing us the meaning of our lives. And his work for salvation is the secret to inner fulfillment. For us to find what our purpose is, that is the secret, my friend. And you can only find that through Christ Jesus. Father God, I'm praying for the person who is walking around and saying, gosh, I need that fulfillment in my life. I need more. I know there's got to be something more. Jesus, show us the more. And we know that you are that more. Jesus, we surrender our lives to you. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you were blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.